Hello friends, this is David, popping in really quick at the beginning of this episode to say, if you like the character of Crystal Gazer, you could go over to our Patreon, you could give just $5 a month, and you could listen to a giant-sized Crystal Gazer Issue Zero, where I talk to the player, the brain, the voice behind Crystal Gazer about her goals, what she wants the character to do, her backstory, her powers, and all of that good stuff. However you choose to listen to this episode, I hope that you enjoy it. Hello friends. My name is Marlo Bogus, and you're listening to the Tales to Inspire podcast. As we open up this issue of Crystal Gazer, issue number zero, we see outside of a, a rectangular white building, and we see a little uh, yellow note up in the corner that says, A production set in Hollywood Studio, April 1939. And then the panel right next to that is a shot of inside the studio. We see a sound stage that has been set up in sort of this library, uh, and we see this camera and crew, and we see two actors on stage with the cameras on them, uh, one wearing a uh, formal tux with the bow tie, and the other in an elaborate uh, ball gown dress. Uh, and they're going back and forth and saying lines. And then in the next uh, panel, we have a closer image of these two. Uh, and we see some text boxes saying what they are saying. You, you led me on. You made me believe you wanted to marry me. Now, Scarlet, be fair. I never at any time... You did. It's true, you did. I, I, I'll hate you till I die. I can't think of anything bad enough to call you. 
and uh, you see her swing back. And as she says, bad enough to call you, I think you see these waves come off of her, um, of this sort of purple energy just sort of like radiating from her. And her, her like her eyebrows are furrowed and um, it's sort of coming out of like the center of her forehead and directed directly at him. Um, and uh, she, as her hand swings back and she hits him, a big wave just hits at the same time of a sort of psionic energy. Yeah, and uh, actor Leslie Howard just crumples to the floor, and he he grabs his face, and he screams, Ah! Cut! Cut! Uh, And then uh, we see a panel of Clark Gable sitting up in the the, uh, couch that he was reclining in, and his eyes are just wide looking at Leslie Howard. Uh, You all right there, chap? And then the next panel, we see the crew and we see the director throw up his hands in exasperation. Cut! Cut! Ah! Margaret, what are you doing? What's going on? You're not supposed to hit Leslie that hard. I was just, I was so in the moment. My apologies, Leslie. I'm so sorry. And I think you kind of see a panel of her, like, following after him, trying to apologize, but he's, like, obviously embarrassed. Oh, yeah. His, you see, like, the red blush lines, like, taking up the lower third of his face. He's still holding that cheek you slapped him on, and he's walking off stage, and we just see him saying, Ice pack! Ice pack! And, like, she follows him off stage and then kind of cuts over away from him because, obviously, he's not going to talk to her. Um, and I think at this moment, she's kind of, like, reflectively, like, gotten a beat on, like, sort of like you would, like, almost an echolocation with her sonic power just to kind of, like, what's the emotion coming off of this person? Like, is this person about to, like... Is you know is he embarrassed? What's going on? Why won't he talk to me? Is what what she does? Is she kind of like bounces it off of Leslie? Interesting. So like as you bounce your powers off of Leslie, like how do we as the readers of this comic book read what uh, Margaret gets back? Like what what does that look like? Is it like shaky letters? Is it just a box with his thoughts in it? Like what what is it? What does it look like? So I think it would kind of look something like a um, I've seen them I've seen them sort of with like with like whispers and things like that, where it's sort of like a um, a lighter outlined box than the like usual dark black, maybe like a light blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the text inside sort of depends upon what that person's feeling. Um, and I think in this moment, it's like block letters. Like, mm-hmm. it's anger and it's embarrassment uh, back. So I, I, I don't know what the text is, but I think that's what it's presented as, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he's, he's, I mean, stop me if this is too harsh. Uh, that bitch slapped me. The damn bitch slapped me. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yes, she, like gets this sort of it and like i said i think of it like an echolocation so you see these waves bounce off bounce back you see this bubble um speech bubble with these block letters and then she the next the next panel is her like turning around towards the like snack table like going to grab a bottle of water like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. standing there looking like oh lord what did i do yeah uh and in the background you see like a, a smaller text bubble as a director is standing up and waving his clipboard around all right, reset the scene. Let the diva go powder her nose or whatever she needs to do to get ready to do some work. Uh, I think we see like a longer 
uh, horizontal panel of you by yourself in this like the dimly lit peripheries of the stage leaning against a table with your uh, raucous ball gown holding a cup or a bottle of water Uh, and at that time we see somebody walk into the panel with you Uh, could you describe what does Julian look like I think I think Julian is the kind of person who you see and you automatically know that they are in it for themselves. Does that make sense? It's not a used car salesman vibe. It's not that bad, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like he's like very well dressed to the nines perfectly manicured hands his shoes are shined to like the nth degree like he is like pressed suit all of that and i think uh you know he's uh he's like a typical he's got the look of a typical like um not 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 a like movie star type guy of the 40s but like a typical white guy of like businessman of the forties, like if you did, that's just what pops into my head. Oh, almost definitely. like a, almost like a Don Draper, but not fifties style. Like put him back a d- decade, but not as attractive either. I would say that's yeah. a that's a very attractive man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he walks up and uh, he has a cigarette in his mouth, and he says, "So I guess the date didn't go so well then last night." The, the date? Oh, I just assumed he's a handsome actor. You're a beautiful actress. Oh. Uh, no, no, we didn't. We didn't go on any dates or anything like that. I just, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. Didn't know my own strength, I suppose. He holds the cigarette out to you. Well, here, take a couple of drags of these. Calm yourself down. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Suit yourself. Maybe you would like, and he unbuttons his jacket and opens it up, and you can see two pill bottles in, like, a pocket on the inside of his uh, jacket. And he, the panel zooms up on that, and you see the text box come in from the, the top half. Maybe you would like your daily regulators. Julian, I... I can't keep doing this. Those things, they make me half crazy. What do you mean, honey? Everybody's doing these. How do you think Hollywood's able to pump out movies every year? Yeah, but... I'm just not me when I'm on them. You think Joan Crawford is always coming in here killing things, not on these? I can tell you this, honey. She takes it. Joan's amazing, and I, I wish I could be half the actress she was, but I just can't, Julian. That's, that's the reason why I just did what I did. I, I couldn't control myself. Uh, he's going to grab your shoulder, still, still clutching the cigarette. He's going to grab your shoulders and just kind of look at you, Margaret. I'm your agent, and you got to step out of this because we're both in this together. I took a gamble when I found you at that carnival. But I saw in you a talent, and I knew that that talent was needed in Hollywood. 
and that's why you're here, honey. So whatever's going on, you gotta snap out of it. Go wash your face, take some muppers, whatever you need to do. I, I, I can't, I can't take them, Julian. If I take them, I might, I might hurt everyone on the set. We see a panel of Julian's face, and then a panel of him bringing the cigarette up to his lips to smoke it. And he says, what do you mean, Mags? She, uh, like, shakes her head. Uh, you see, like, her looking down in the next, in the, in the next panel, and she, like, like, you see her, like, her hand reach up and grab him. Um, by the finely pressed suit mm-hmm. by the collar and pull him um, away from everyone so there's no one in earshot. Sort of like back around the side of like whatever sound panels or whatever is blocking this side of the set from the outer door because you wouldn't want to be getting that outside noise. So she kind of pulls him over there and pulls him close to the wall. And we see a, a little text box come up from him and he says, Ah, this again, huh? No, Julian, I, I can read minds. Now, honey, I know that you did the whole fortune teller stick at the carnival, but, uh, those days are behind you. No, Julian, I... Think of something that only you know. What do you mean? Just think about one thing that only you know. And we see him puzzle for a second, purse his lips, says, All right. Well, I know that you lied to your mama about that vase when you were eight years old. Julian's eyes go wide. He stammers. How do you know about... And I also know you might love your wife, but you also love your best friend, Fred, just the same way, don't you? And his cheeks go bright red and his eyes go wide. And he grabs you more forcibly, clinching the fabric of your dress in his fists this time. He says, How the hell do you know about Fred? Who's put you up to this? Huh? Tell me! No. Nobody. Nobody. Julian, I I would never judge you for that. I, I, I think it's beautiful. But the point is, what I'm trying to say is, nobody told me. Nobody but you. She looks at him, like, knowingly. But I, I never told anybody that. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me anything. I know it all. We see Julian kind of slump to the ground and uh, with his back up against the sound panels. And he takes another drag of his cigarette. Well then, isn't this just the bee's knees? We got a bonafide psychic in our midst. Is that what you're telling me, Mags? Yeah, but I don't tell people. That's my secret. And I'll keep yours as long as you keep mine. He looks up at you, and he says, Margaret Meadows, as your agent, I only have your well-being at heart. And he holds out a hand to shake yours. She uh, shakes his, and then as soon as she shakes it, she, like, wraps him in a hug. Nice. And then we turn the page from that, uh, and then we see a new panel with a new little yellow box up in the corner that says, Later That Night. 
And we have uh, Margaret Meadows no longer in the gown of Scarlett O'Hara. Uh, what what are you wearing now, uh, now that it is nighttime? I think um, there's maybe like a, it's starting to, ch- the air's starting to chill just a little bit. So she's wearing um, a like black peacoat. Um, her hat oh, is the same. It, does it have like a fur collar? Yeah. Excellent. Um, it's yeah. So it's black and it's got like the like a meek collar, mm-hmm. and her hat matches the black on the coat. Um, it's just a like brimmed hat. Uh, it's nothing super fancy. She's not going out to like a shindig or anything. She's going home. She needs her. She's trying to get some alone time. Um, and there, you can just see through like as the the coat is buttoned all the way up and the the sash is sort of tied around it. You can just see underneath a like um like a white blouse very basic for a starlet okay uh and we see you standing on the sidewalk the moon hanging overhead um and uh margaret is getting alone time but in this alone time is she still picking up like fragments of thoughts uh from like the apartment buildings around her yeah, definitely. I would say um, if she's a distance away from someone, she can focus and grab their thoughts. But if she's um, if she's like not passively acting or trying to, it's sort of like hearing a like radio playing in someone's apartment as you walk past. It's like I could if I keyed in, I could tell what it, that song is, but I don't know. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. So we see you standing like from a long shot away, and then we get closer of you just standing here uh and margaret does not smoke correct um mm, i feel like she should because i feel like that everyone smoked back then yeah smoking was like medically like a good thing for you yeah it's not yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah yeah i guess uh, she's got a cigarette lit but uh was it in style at that time now i don't know to have one of those cigarette holders the the, like extended the cigar holders yeah uh they are now because i love it yeah she's got a long um cigarette holder uh in one and it's like uh when the sh- when you see the shot she's like clutching her purse and it's kind of like hanging out in a way because she's not she doesn't think anyone's watching her so it's kind of like doing that sort of weird smoker dangle mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm, <laughs> out of her mouth yeah yeah and uh we see her from like a um a side shot and we see like the cityscape behind her and we see like a little word bubble pop up but it's not attached to anybody and it says love me and it's like little faded and the words are little and then we see another one that says steak tomorrow and then the other one says germany and then we cut to another panel and those three word bubbles are there but we have new ones saying uh you hurt the other one says work tomorrow the other one says can't pay uh, and then another panel with more word bubbles just lapping, overlapping each other that we can't even tell exactly what they are all saying, but just an overwhelming amount of this chatter, this mental chatter that is pouring into Margaret's head as she's just trying to get some alone time. And then we see a more defined text bubble pop up on top of all those 
that says, Please, God, someone help. And I think uh, you see a shot of her face in this sort of, um, like it shows that behind her um, as a close-up on her face of like this sort of like wide-eyed, like, what face? Uh, and uh, she kind of like hones in on that signal. Um, so you see these sort of like blue waves starting to form um, as she reaches out and tries to like grab at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you grab at that, and uh, I haven't had you roll yet, so uh, let's let's go ahead and roll and investigate, um, or not an investigate a uh, oh what is it called in this game? An examine, examine, examine. So roll two d six plus your investigate skill. Three and three, so six, uh, seven. Seven, perfect. So on a seven through nine, uh, you get to ask me one of these questions. What happened here recently? What is about to happen? What danger should I be on the lookout for? What here is useful or important? Who's really in control here? And what here is not what it appears to be? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So what, what is about to happen? What is about to happen? So, uh, the answer to that question is someone is about to get beat up, uh, and not very far away from you. Uh, they're about to get dangerously and violently hurt. Uh, so, uh, Margaret is going to, um, hone in on that and sort of like as like a tracking device her intent is to sort of maybe like radar it almost um to kind of move in a direction and try to see if she's getting hot or cold warmer yeah yeah Not warmer. and following following these messages you see uh this text bubble pop up and each panel as you're walking and following it and it gets a little bigger the text gets a little bigger inside of it as well with each step you're taking and it says god it hurts so much please isn't there anyone can anybody do something and then you come around the corner and we see a panel of uh these two guys with their sleeves rolled up suspenders slung over their shoulders they're button collars unbuttoned around their necks flat caps on their head casting like a telltale bad guy shadow over the top third of their face uh and one has uh this smaller guy in a full nelson while the other is just taking his fist and jamming it into this dude's stomach just repeatedly um and you recognize this as one of the stagehands from your production uh, what do you do seeing this? They have not noticed you yet. So, her immediate reaction, um, is to speak loudly and say, well, what do we have here? And she says it, like, like loud enough so they can hear it. Mm -hmm. So she can gain everyone's attention. Yeah, and those two... Uh, goons with their flat caps turn and look at you. You ain't supposed to be out so late, ma'am. Well, at least you're a polite thug. So yeah, she starts um, walking towards them, and as she walk toward, walks towards them, she's sending these heavy sort of um, 
thoughts. Like you see these sort of waves come off of her and in the waves, in this sort of artwork, you see the words like, go home, let him go, like go away. Go hug your mother. Or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. shit in there. But like these very positive, like go away. Like you don't have to do this. Go away. No, you can just let him go. Um, and so she's trying to. This is an influence. This is type this thing. is definitely an influence someone move. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and roll plus your influence. Seven. A seven. Um, so you can either accept it as a seven through nine, which means they will do what you ask, but only if you offer concrete assurance of your promise right now. So you'll have to make a promise of them. Uh, or you could burn one of your bonds uh, to, to progress the clock forward, which means that you are somehow putting stress on one of your relationships, but it would step up your seven through nine to a 10, which means they'll do what you ask if you promise what they ask of you. Uh, and you don't have to offer them concrete assurance for that one. Let me think about it this way. So if if I if if I give them an assurance that like does it I mean is can it be something like um the police are already on their way. Like, if you leave now, I won't give them my eyewitness statement. Or, so, you know what I mean? Something like that. Sure. Like, you, you're you not... You could promise, like, you're not going to tell the authorities their identities. Right. Sure. Like, we, like I could say me and the cat, the, this cast member. Like, we'll go about our day. And we won't, you know, there won't be any trouble, mm-hmm. you know, for you. Yeah. We won't report this. Yeah, yeah. So that that's coming with all those messages that you're sending to them. Go home, kiss your mom, go away. Uh, if you leave, we won't tell the police about you. Yeah, um, yeah. And these two goons kind of look at each other and then look back at you, and they release the stagehand, and he falls to the ground. And we see a shot of him, like, on the ground on his hands and knees, and those two goons running into the background into the darkness. Yeah. And... Then she goes over to this stagehand and, like, helps him up. Are you okay? Uh, he looks up. Oh, shucks. Golly gee, thanks, Mrs. Meadows. What did they want with you? Not sure, ma'am. They just saw somebody smaller than them and decided to pick on him. Guess it's kind of a theme of the world lately. You got that right. Well... Let's uh, let's let uh, the security team know they need to be a little more strict with how they're running around the studio here. Shouldn't be just thugs walking around here like that. And she um, like walks back, I guess, towards the studio with him. Okay. And then we turn the page to uh, the final page of this issue, which I think is Margaret Meadows back at her apartment, kind of thinking about the events of what happened in that alleyway in like the gestation of her super heroic identity. Um, I think, so I think she's, um, it shows her like in her apartment, she's just, there's like this, the room is steaming. She just steps out of a shower and it's obviously it's, she's in a towel, Mm -hmm. um, but you see her like, like leg just come out and land on the, on the rug. And then, you know, you see a towel go around her and she looks in the mirror and it's steamed up. Um, and she um, wipes the bottom half of her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just see, like, just the bottom half 
of her of her face and it then it sort of morphs into a mask over top but it's like you know it's like almost like an imagination imaginary uh-huh, morph uh-huh. right it's not really happening and she's like they'll call me crystal gazer and we have that little text bubble down at the bottom with crystal gazer in a huge logo like format and then down in the bottom we see Crystal Gazer's story will be continued in Tales to Inspire, issue number one. Yay! End of episode. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. We'll be back with our next episode in two short weeks. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you'd like to contact us that way, you can email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content, please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on fiverr.com slash iam underscore w-a-k-e. Crystal Gazer was played by Marlo Bogus, who can be found at Marlo Bogwich on Twitter. And I'm David White, your editor-in-chief. You can find me at Mr. Banana Socks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing. Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening, and keep it nerdy, y'all. Mm-hmm.